Hi, this is Ryan Bloom from Urban Bonfire. On today's episode of the Fireside Chat, a very fun, real, and authentic conversation with my good friend, Anthony Carino. We're going to hear about how his education in Boston led him into web development, where he found his true creativity, and how he deployed that in construction projects and renovations and flips with his father, and then led to an incredible career on HGTV with his cousin and best friend. And finally, how he ended up taking his own production, his own content in his own voice into the build.tv, where he started to find, renovate, and turn incredible projects like the Firehouse in New Jersey and the new Stonehouse project he's working on in the Catskills. I hope you love this episode. I certainly love talking to Anthony. Enjoy. I think we've, I think we first met at, uh, KBiz. I think actually where we first met faced, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I believe I met Stefan first. You did. That was what, 2018. And then I met you face to face finally last year, unless I got my year screwed up, which is, I think think you met him 19 and we met 2020. I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be off. Yeah. No, you might be right. Hey, time is uh, time is a weird construct these days. So. It is. It <laughs> is. We'll go with your version. <laughs> we need somewhere in the middle. How? First of all, I mean, yeah. I have so many things to talk to you about and ask you about after all this time. But before I do, yeah, um, sure. How are things in your life? Uh, your wife, I, I think now you're married, JC. Well, we would have been uh, had COVID oh, you not were? been a thing. Uh, we are still engaged. Um, we are taking it in stride. We were supposed to get married September 1st in Greece. We had a very small group of very close friends and family um, coming with us. And we were going to, we had a little island picked out. We were going to do like kind of a week long thing with our nearest and dearest. Mm. Uh, that did not happen. Um, but the fun part about it is that instead of trying to reschedule it for another international destination with the future being as uncertain as it is, uh, we have gone ahead and decided to get married on our own property up in the Catskills next summer. Uh, I know we'll get into the build as we, as we talk more uh, and it'll become more evident why I'm so excited about it. Um, But with this whole project going on and the idea that kind of like the culmination of this renovation up here is going to end with us getting married here um, and then like, that's kind of the first memory this house gets is, um, is kind of just, I don't know, really sweet and endearing to me. And, um, it, it, I think it just has me that much more energized to do a kick-ass job on this renovation and, you know, get everything done and, and know that that memory of our wedding is going to be on this property forever. So, so that's where we're at with that. That's a pretty amazing thing. And, you know, it's, uh, when you talk to people, it, you know, things, how, how common people are in the way they approach things sort of come out very quickly. My wife, Sarah and I had our engagement party on our country house property an hour okay. and a few minutes from, from Montreal where we had more people, but that very like at our house, my brothers and I did all the cooking. Like it was like a That's great. huge barbecue bonfire for like 125 people. And like your plans were to go to Greece. We went to Costa Rica with 27 of our <laughs> closest and we got married on the beach there. So really those two experiences that you yeah. You're having was what 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 we did by design when COVID oh, wasn't even a thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Greece was Greece was the initial thought because JC has so much family over there. We were hoping to include them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the 
I think it's interesting, like when life throws you the challenges that it does, you know, how you react to them. And um, I will say that, you know, our, the level of communication that we have and being able to talk through these things and keep everything in very good perspective, meaning like we, we count ourselves pretty fortunate, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, living environment we have and the space we have, um, you know, not without it's not without the hard times. I mean, JC's business is going through a really difficult time. Obviously, you know, with her being in the fitness industry, nobody can be in her studios. So, um, you know, one of the five had to close permanently. Uh, we pivoted her to live stream and got her, you know, got her, um, her community, you know, re uh, re-energized in the digital space. But um, I guess all that is just to say that, like, I really appreciate the level of communication we have together and taking everything in stride and, you know, still being excited for for what's to come um, with respect to the wedding and whatnot and just kind of pivoting the plans, you know, such as life. Again, how similar. My wife is also in the fitness industry. She is a partner in four, oh, yoga, studio, four yoga studios in Montreal and going through oh, the wow. same need to, you know, close physical, go to virtual. Sure. What does it mean? So probably some very similar overlaps in, in our yeah. lives. Really interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Ryan, are you as nerdy as I am? Because I literally had enough tables in, in my in my office to to hook up her live stream in the garage. <laughs> So it was pretty funny. It took, like, it took two people in my office to help me figure out how to use this <laughs> mic. So I'm going to answer that question with no. Okay. But luckily, she's much better at it than I am. And, and we have a 14, almost 15-year-old son who's uh, like, no, mom, you're doing this. And 30 seconds oh, later, yeah, it well, looks like. Listen, if you've you know, got a 15-year-old, so. you've got tech support built in. So Let me tell you. <laughs> That's great. So. I obviously, I, I know you, we've, we've, we've done work together. We've done projects together, but right. I want to take it back a step and get to hear a little bit about your story. You know, if someone were reading the, the, the footnotes or the executive summary, here's this guy, <laughs> Anthony goes to school in Boston, sets right. up a web, a web business after that, then goes to work with his dad in more of contracting ends up on HGTV with his cousin and best friend, ends up working on projects with Ellen, marries or is about to marry a former Rockette, has his own internet channel with more things. How does this, tell me about this, (laughs) tell me the story, tell me this journey. I want to hear it from you. The way you laid it out made made it sound like I've done a whole bunch of shit in my life. And uh, that's, it's pretty cool to hear it come out of somebody else's mouth. Um, I, yes. They offered me, uh, I could have been like uh, the backup to Ed McMahon on The Tonight Show introducing <laughs> the guests, but I decided to live in Montreal and make cabinets instead. Well, uh, listen, I, I for one am happy you chose the latter because I, I am a massive fan, as you already know. You guys do just Thank such you. a killer, killer job. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, the only thing I would adjust from what you said is I actually started my web design business when I was in college. Um, I had gotten... Uh, a partial scholarship or financial aid, rather. Um, I don't, I was not an academic. (laughs) Um, I had gotten partial financial aid and that came with a job at the student center at about $8 an hour. Well, uh, you know me well enough to know that I don't sit in a chair well for very long. Um, The end of that first shift, I was like, I'm never going back there. I got to figure out something else. Um, And I literally taught myself how to design websites um, in the days of like, front page and, and Adobe Dreamweaver. And um, I hacked around with that stuff. And that is, and I, and I only concentrate here because that 
is where I discovered my creative side. Um, for those that don't know, I am a self-taught uh, designer. Um, you know, contracting, I learned a lot from my father and from his father. Uh, we have a lot of different family, aunts and uncles. Well, not aunts, uncles in the construction business. <laughs> um, so finding that creative side through web design kind of opened up another, like the other side of my brain. And as I graduated college and then started working for my father in his import export business at the time, um, when he was looking at buying a brownstone in, in, um, in Hoboken kind of to, you know, do a renovation and flip in, in, uh, in early 2004, um, you know, I really like gravitated toward it right away. I've always liked working with my hands. I always worked with my father on various construction projects growing up, whether it was a, an extension or, or him helping a friend manage a project or something. Um, but I always liked using both sides of my brains. I like the mental problem solving, but I like the physical work of construction and, um, and being on site and doing things with my hands. Um, so, you know, there was a very tangible aspect to the work in that regard where you, you just got to see your progress every day. Um, so as we went through that first project together and I started making these design choices, not really, not really, you know, I guess fully understanding the process at that point, but realizing that, you know, as I saw potential buyers coming through the space and then falling in love with the decisions that I had made, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'm okay at this, you know, and you start to gain a little confidence. And then the next project you want to, you want to push a little further make certain adjustments. You, you, you know, you, you utilize what you learned on the first project and so on and snow, so on. And the, the, the snowball kind of built from there. Um, by the time we got to our third project, uh, John was working with us at the time uh, by, by then. And, and um, the New York times had done a, an article on one of the buildings we had restored and, gotten a bunch of recognition for it. Um, and then, you know, like you said, HGTV came knocking. Um, they asked if we could build a, a kitchen in three weeks. And John actually answered that phone call. I said, just tell them whatever they want to hear, bro. We'll figure it out once we're, once we're on TV. Yep. Um, and kind of the rest is history from there. You guys got to watch the rest of it on screen. We did. And it's what's, what I note is interesting. You know, when you hear the notion and the term flipping, Yep. It often has a, I don't want to, if it's a negative necessarily, but it's, sometimes so. it has a connotation that can be, it seems to me from watching your work, and I, I don't know about the first projects back in 04, obviously, but, sure. you know, being part of the build and, and, and on your new, your new Stonehouse project, it, it seems like you only put your time into things that are soulful. Yeah. It's, it looks like you, you are, um, very selective and discerning and it's not just can i flip this on a spreadsheet but is it going to is it going to be something i can add meaningful value to the story or soul of the physical place yeah i and really i capture i capture that in in i capture that in 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 watching you the the each decision is important and i i, I appreciate that comment more than you know um I have to really credit my father with a lot of that from the early, from my early days. Um, you know, my, my dad, so my dad went to college uh, for two years at the university of Florence. He had an Italian minor when he was in college. Um, 
And he loved it so much that he wound up staying and got a job there, made friends there that are friends to my, my his best friend, my godfather, Johnny, is is an artist in Florence, um, a dear, dear friend to this day. Um, and I got a love of Italian architecture and I got a, a love of old buildings that, you know, just need to be treated well and and they will last forever. The You know, old old on this side of the pond is not old. We're, we're babies over here, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I really love restoring old facades. And then on the interior, you know, the interior is a very personal, um, approach, but you know, no, no less quality, just, you know, the, the firehouse, for example, built in 1896 iron ore brick, um, painstakingly restored four different colors of brick mortar so that everything was period correct, got the building on the National Historic Register so it's protected forever. Um, the inside is a mix of old and new. I, I very much gravitate toward modern Italian kitchens. I like mixing that with, you know, old existing interior brick. Um, mid-century modern furniture helps blur the lines between the old and new and soften some of those uh, otherwise more, more um linear transitions. Um, but yeah, the, the quality and the time and the, and the history of, uh, of structures is, is something I really, really love. And I, and I do agree with you that flipping has a negative connotation and I think it's deserved. Um, I think people who, you know, take their time with projects are either restoring a home or they're redeveloping a home, but flipping very much has the, how fast can I get this done? How cheaply? Yep. And that's not a knock on anybody who flips anything. It's just the term itself has that definition, at least to me. So I I try my best not to use that (laughs) in my work. Yeah. And and I agree. And I, again, I say there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but you can put that in the same thing as, you know, I buy a stock low and I, and I sell it at a profit and I keep the difference and I'm in and I'm out and it's transactional. And I I just note that I don't know if there's a term for flipping the way you have, you have done it because I wonder often at the end, is it almost hard to part with when so much care and attention, you know, we recently got a puppy uh, late August, I surprised my wife and my kids with a with oh, a new yellow, with a yellow lab. And I and as I was driving home from Toronto, which is where the breeder was, I asked her, you know, is it really hard when you have like you care for these puppies for eight, 10, 12 weeks, and then someone sort of drives off? And is it hard? And she said, you know what, from the moment they're born, they're not mine, I'm watching over them for somebody else. And she had that mm. very holistic view of her role in in it, which I thought was really interesting. And I imagine for someone who puts the, again, the story and the care into what you do, it's maybe you trust the process that what you have done will be appreciated by the person who buys it and will, 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 will sort of see what, what went into it. uh, If you trust the process. Yeah. I mean, in the large majority, we have been fortunate in that respect. I mean, you always have the nightmare buyer story or, whatever but sure. you know there's i that's one in one in one in ten you know one in a hundred uh have been that way um but yeah i think you i think you got it 
you got it right. Most people see it and that's what draws them to it in the first place. And then there's an inherent appreciation for that level of work and that, and that age of building that the person has a lot aligned with you inherently. Um, and it makes for a really nice transaction because you, you feel like you're, um, you know, you're passing this piece of history on for them to now take care of. And it's, it's, it's fun to think about it that way. It is. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Leads me into an interesting, I'll, I'll share a very brief story with you because it, it ties, I, I think, a lot into some of your experience. In 20, let's see, 2014, Stefan and I were still in the original 400 square foot urban bonfire shop. We were starting to do kitchens custom locally. And an old acquaintance of mine was involved in uh, television production and basically pitched a show to a production or to a producer to create a outdoor space activation style show with me and two twin brothers in Toronto as the hosts. And they were kind of the more traditional landscape stone sort of guys. And we were the outdoor kitchen specialists coming in. And Stefan and I put a demo kitchen on a trailer. We drove it to Toronto with our truck, set it up on camera, the whole thing. And at the end, we saw this, this pilot that was made and the pilot wasn't picked up. Yeah. And I was so happy that it wasn't <laughs> because it was, such a, it was such a departure for me as a person and everything sort of being, you know, scripted, needing to hide this logo, needing to come at this angle, yeah. needing to... And I acknowledge how important reality TV and shows like, you know, like what you've done and, and, and others, how much they've contributed to the average consumer's ability to now understand and appreciate design and construction way more than they would have 10 years ago. You know, compound to that with House and Pinterest and all these other amazing tools that the average person now has. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. it. It was too, they wanted me to be a character. They didn't want me to be me. Yeah, it's, go ahead, finish. And, I have and, plenty and, to say on this. And I want to hear this because your experience in terms of going into a show, not only with a family member, your cousin, but my understanding is your best friend. Yeah. And you made this into a hit show and a huge, a huge experience, which I gather was very positive for you in your career. So tell me about, what that was like and, and, and the story on it. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the spoiler up front. It's both positive and negative. Um, you know, the way it started was very positive. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is like, you know, John and I are very much ourselves. Um, I don't know if I could act if I was asked to. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of fun getting to show off the things that we did um, you know, being able to be recognized for the thing that you are most passionate about is, is amazing. Um, you know, like there, there are reality shows that are just, you know, people arguing, fighting, whatever, whether it's housewives or Kardashians or stuff like that. Yep. And, you know, it's entertainment, I guess, uh, to some, to most, to a lot, but, to me, I always looked at it and I was like, I would never want to be recognized just because I was on television. Like that's, that's not of, of any interest to me. But when somebody stops you in an airport or a hardware store and was like, literally just 
start tells you the episode start to finish and how much they love this particular kitchen or this build or, you know, asking you questions on how you came up with something like you're just it was always such a point of pride for me. Um, it, it was so cool because who would have ever thought this guy from, you know, Jersey City, New Jersey would have been able to share his designs with that many people. And it was you know, people were always so kind and so positive about that, um, that it really was a very much a positive experience from that mm -hmm. perspective. Um, the brand stuff and the network stuff was very much not a, a positive experience. Um, the production. So most people don't understand that a production company makes a television show for a network. And it's kind of a layer of insulation for that network liability BS and all that. The, the production company was great. The guy's one of my best friends to this day. Matter of fact, Nick is the guy who edits and does the graphics and helps me shoot the build. So that's how close we are. He was my wow. first phone call when I came up with this idea. Um, but I very distinctly remember at some point midway through the, the HGTV stuff, you know, a, a, a network executive coming to us and being like, well, now, Anthony, you don't like the color of the house. And John, you do like the color of the house. And I was like, no, but I, but I do like the color of the house. They're like, yeah, well, you know, we need a little more drama here. And I'm like, that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, you're going to, you're, you have to do it. So literally the first time we did it, I was like, oh no, John, I really don't like the color of the hat. And they're like, you have to do this the right way. Like you're contractually obligated. And I got stuck doing it and felt like absolute shit about it. Um, and it would just was not, and then like, you know, the episode airs and it's like, Oh, Anthony, I thought you would have liked that color house or something. And then you just, it feels so disingenuous. And that was kind of like the beginning of where things went downhill from a, from a network perspective. The other comment that I would make in that regard is I do agree with you that these shows, HGTV as, as a whole have really, pushed people in the sense of design ideas and thoughts, Pinterest as well. But when you talk about somebody like a house and something like what I'm trying to do with the build TV, I give that a lot more credence because there's a level of education there. I don't think there's anything wrong with ideas. I think it's great. Oh man, that's such a cool backsplash. That's amazing. But they also have people believing they can do that in three days for a dollar eighty-seven, and you know things cost money and they take time. And not only that, there's a lot more that goes into these projects from a homeowner's perspective than any television show would ever have you believe. Oh, for sure, and it's something that is really near and dear to me at this point and and why i i started the build tv and why i'm self-funding it and and why i'm working with guys like you because i want to educate people not only around what their responsibilities are and the right way to plan but also around good quality products and you know showing showing folks what i'm willing to put in my own home and the reasons why i'm doing that well, it's an interesting thing that you bring up because I have to imagine that while obviously uh, being on HGTV or, or any type of network show, that gives 
huge eyeballs and distribution, right? But yeah. being on your own is gives gives it true authenticity, and and you can sort of you can, you never have to play a character; you can just be you, and that's yeah. really the nice thing about you know self producing and 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 self funding and 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 all the things that you already do. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and beyond and that too, Ryan, you know, yeah. it's not only the it's not only the character part, but I get to decide what goes on screen, meaning education can be fun too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times through my career when it was on HGTV, like I'd explain this scene of like what we were doing, whether it was a backsplash or a light fixture or a live edge desk or whatever it was. And all you see is a time lapse of me doing something and then we're on to the next pretty thing. So, you know, it, it's, it's fun to be able to make sure that the education part of it makes the screen um, you break it down in ways that are easier to understand and that are still fun and engaging. And that's yeah. what's really been the, the most fun part of it to me. You, you know, it's interesting you say that because Stefan and I made a, we made a, uh, a very premeditated decision early on that we were going to balance the sharing the end product, the beautiful pictures and projects and all those things, but we were also going to share the journey. And we were not going to hide the, the small shop, the, the first few kitchens, the hell that we went through, like <laughs> the moving factories on, you know, on March 17th this year of all dates. That was our oh, date yeah, to yeah. move our factory. Like we were going to basically say there, we're going to share the journey with our audience. And I, th I think that that is how real brands are made because they do authentic storytelling and they share their journey yeah. with the with the consumer because I, I don't think that any I don't think anyone believes that when they look at a beautiful finished picture of something that there wasn't flaw and error and misdirection and pivot necessary to get there. Yeah. I just think that reminding people that we just like you and whatever you do make mistakes, correct, do things better, figure things out, go through hell. I think that's a very important part. Absolutely. I feel like it, yeah. I mean, I feel like it empowers people because when you see someone you admire never make a mistake or think that they never make a mistake, it almost gives you pause to try it yourself because you don't want to make a mistake and you're like, well, they've been doing this for so long. How could I possibly so when, you know, when I have an episode come out or I have a, a, a shit fit on, on the vlog because something went totally sideways on me, um, you know, I, I think that's really beneficial for people to see because you're never going to learn anything new if you don't try. And even if you have been doing it for 20 plus years, you still screw things up. You know, you, sometimes you don't have the right tool. Sometimes a delivery, get, I mean, I shot. I shot the final episode of the build in the living room, the, the beauties in the living room without my fireplace. The fireplace was a 12 week lead time. It didn't come in for 28 weeks, but you know, at the end of the day, I shot like a little thing on my iPhone that it had arrived. I carried it upstairs with a GoPro head, uh, head mount and my contractor came over and helped me, you know, install it, the two of us. And I sent that footage over to Nick and we put it in at the end of the episode we did not get rid of all the trials and tribulations. We kept that and did like a little thing at the end where you thought the episode was over. And then it was like, wait, the fireplace is here. 
So I, 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 yeah, it's the long winded way of saying, I totally agree with you and people need to see mistakes so that they're encouraged to make their own in on their path to success. I was doing a virtual training last week with um, one of our oldest and, 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 uh, best dealers that we have out of LA called Snyder Diamond, three locations. Okay. They've really been an incredible part of, of, of our company and, and our growth. And we were training and talking to them about our their builder division who work with large-scale builders, contractors, uh, multi-unit developers, that type of thing. And we were talking about Urban Bonfire's investment in original content and how you're not going to see us advertising in these magazines. You're not going to see us doing the traditional sort of things that everybody else does. You're going to hear us doing podcasts or this. And I, in that moment, showed a clip of the build. I said, this is the type of content we are investing in. You will notice that it is not the pretty picture at the end where <laughs> this is a guy in New Jersey installing in the month of November and you're seeing it happen and you're seeing it come together. And that, you know, it's not, we are by design showing that this product is rugged in the context of it, yeah. it doesn't only, that's how we gain respect from a builder, for example. So again, I am one who firmly believes in showing a really broad spectrum of story, even yeah. the not pretty parts. Cause I think that is what makes it real. It, it's, it, totally. it's what makes people interested in watching cooking shows is watching them clean the guts and chop the yeah. garlic. Like yeah, exactly it's the right. shit, right? But that's exactly what makes, right. that's what makes the whole thing come together. That's why it's why one of my favorite hashtags to, to use is love the process because it, you know, you, if you're, if you don't love getting there, it, I think you, you know, you're talking about soul earlier, like the, the, the soul of a building and the, the soul that I put into my projects that that comes from loving what you're doing while you're doing it. It's like, um, I don't know a good example, but like, you know, if everything just comes easy, there's so much less appreciation. If you can just write a check and have your perfect home, mm -hmm. oh, I'm sure you appreciate it and you move in there and it's great and you start to build memories with your family. But if if you're working in it and you and you you know, you're, you're, you're living through the trials and tribulations. I mean, I slept, I slept in a camping hammock in a gutted house while I renovated this barn so that I had a bed to sleep in when I renovated the house. Like those are stories I'm going to be able to tell forever. And, you know, I think it, I think it lends a lot to, um, to the overall enjoyment, at least that I gain from my home because all of those memories are baked into this structure now. Yep. It's absolutely right. So it's a great segue. Um, you did the build. Uh, I think it was really well done. And we'll put the, obviously we'll put the links in the, uh, see, I'm Thank not you. a tech guy, but I know who, whoever <laughs> is going to do this. Yeah. We'll make sure that all the links are properly there. Uh, I've watched, I've watched every one of your episodes. I think that it is a, I think it's really, really well done. And, and I'm not saying that to Thank blow you. sunshine up your ass. It, it feels authentic. It doesn't feel salesy um, and it doesn't feel like there is one example of something that you would be using if someone was just giving it to you for product placement. It didn't feel like that. It, feel, yeah. it felt very much like you were saying, even if I am paying full price for each one of these things, it's still what I buy. Because that's, I believe that's, that's I believe right. in that decision, and that very very much came through in 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 the quality of, of your engagement. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you. You know, it's I'm fortunate that 
um, I guess, I guess stubborn would be a good word, but I'm, 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 I'm fairly stubborn. Um, and, you know, like I was saying about the, um, the fake argument we had to have for one of our episodes, um, you know, they didn't really try that too many more times with me because they knew I was going to fight them every step of the way on that. And, um, you know, it, it's, it goes to your reputation and as much as authenticity can be overused at times, it, it is accurate. Um, and it's, it's something that you can't get back once you F it up. Um, I will never forget early days of television. Uh, this agent who we no longer work with because um, our current agent is awesome and he would never bring us something like this. But uh, this guy was like, Hey, I got this great deal for you. This stick on countertop company. Uh, you and your cousin are going to make X dollars each. And, you know, it's great. I mean, when I tell you we needed the money at that point, it was like 2009. I still had a $7 million loan out on a building. The, 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 uh, the real estate market had fallen off the cliff. Like I needed that payday. <laughs> and we said no, um, because who wants to believe a guy who's going to put something like that in their home? So I, um, I, Again, the long way of saying that, like, it's it, I was I've always been very discerning when it comes to product. And I think because of that, folks like yourselves and all the other brand partners, for that matter, that were that were involved in this show, they understood that. So I was able to put all of my first choice products in this house, meaning I didn't have to compromise and tell somebody, well, I wanted to do this, but I couldn't get the person on board for the show. Yep. So I'm um, do you know, it's it's none of that. And, um, it, it feels good. It feels good to know that I built a solid reputation over a long time, um, that people have faith in me to not only use the product the right way, but to know that I'm going to put this show out that I said I was going to put out and deliver on, on the content front too. As, as you know, from seeing behind the curtain, it's not, it's not a little bit of work. But it's not again, a little, love, it's, it's, it's process. a lot. Of, yeah. And it's, it is a ton, a ton of work to do. And, 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 but it shows when it shows when someone takes the time and the care and it's handled well. That's the difference between you know quality content and content that is just not. Again, not there's anything wrong with it. Just it's not at the same level yeah. of something that you're that you that you're putting yeah. out. So, but I, you know, and it's it's great too because I I have a lot of friends. You know, I'm I'm 42 now. Um, I have a lot of friends obviously right in my age range. And because so many of them are either buying a home or, or a second home or renovating a home, um, you know, they're all watching my show as it pops up on IGTV or Facebook or, or YouTube. Mm -hmm. And without fail, every week after a new episode comes out and I'm focused on something else, I'll get a text message. Um, and I, 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 my, friend, my friends, Mike and Dana uh, in Central Jersey, He's like, hey, man, you think uh, we could have dinner? I want to come up and see your outdoor kitchen. I, I really want to I really want to get my uh, my hands on it. We're, we're going to redo the outdoor kitchen. And if that's what you put in your home, I know I need to take a look at it. You know, so like when you get comments like that from friends, like it mm -hmm. feels really good. Well, at least something I really wanted to ask you, because you started doing this. I know you've gone through, you know, doing it, you and your dad, HGTV, then for yourself and in the build. But you've basically been doing this now, let's at back of napkin, a little over 15 years. What I'd like to ask you is this. Mm. Have you seen a change in 
consumer behavior in mindfulness, in thinking about the outdoors and not even talking about the kitchen. I'm talking about the general way that people perceive outdoor space. Oh, big the last, tell me how you've seen evolve and it, you know, yeah. even prior to COVID, what yeah, are yeah. you seeing as what people are thinking about as it relates to the indoor outdoor relationship? So I think when I really started seeing the shift was, um, when a lot of these accordion style door systems came out, um, Anderson, I mean, everybody has them now. Um, we early days, we, we had done, um, La Cantina doors. We had done a, a few of those systems. Um, Anderson has the multi glide now. Uh, I mean, like I said, everybody's got them, but the point is because that opening was so much wider, you were really able to blur the lines between indoors and out. And I think that was, at least in my eyes, was really a catalyst for like focusing on the outdoors a lot more. It was not so much a disconnected space anymore. Now you could, for argument's sake, open up an entire wall mm-hmm. and tr- transition to your outside much more seamlessly. And when that becomes a reality for you, well, now you need your aesthetics to really work together indoors and out. How do I do that? Holy shit. I got all this new product. I got to research. Is there even stuff out there for it? And then you start to see more and more things being developed. And I don't know necessarily um, timing wise that I'm accurate. You know, maybe your guys' kitchens were out long before, uh, these multi glide doors and, and accordion doors. But my point is that because of those doors and because the indoors can see the outdoors and the outdoors can see the indoors, people wanted to level up everything else that went around that outdoor area to really match what was inside. And that, that, that was the, the big catalyst. I, I think that's one of the reasons why, and, and you brought it up, and, and fundamentally, again, when we do training, the idea of nano walls, they didn't really exist so much, you know, and... Well, you know, I, well, you know, Ryan, actually, I, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you, no, you hit it. So nano wall, that was the big thing. Nano yeah. wall was so, so, so expensive yep. that it was very hard for any... Cons- so when consumer-facing products started to come out that had that same look, that's yep. right. Nanowall was the first, um, but they are Jesus. That's a that's a that's a level of. <laughs> but I mean, it, regardless of what it is, yeah. Regardless of what it is, you know, right. we didn't just have one glass door or a patio door, and that was the connective visual. Now it's as you. I mean, you put it perfectly. There is seamless visual integration, and as yep. a result the design professional cares a lot more where the designer's role used to sort of stop at the patio door. Now they're saying, holy shit, if I don't put my mark on this whole thing, someone's going to walk in and see complete disconnect when they hit that glass wall and the design and the, the aesthetic that I've wanted for my client, a half or a third of it is in someone else's hands. So I think that's making, that's making people who didn't necessarily want to do the outdoors 10 or 15 years ago say, I need to do it for continuity of design, certainly need to do it for economics. Why am I leaving basically an entire other room on the table or to somebody else? Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, at a certain point it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy um, in a way, meaning like now that these larger door systems are ubiquitous, Mm -hmm. um, 
and and they, for example, have been on HGTV so much. I'm, I mean, we we done glass garage doors. We've done you know, there's a million different ways to do them now, mm-hmm. um, and and through that, we've we have all as an industry educated homeowners around what is now possible. Mm-hmm. That also means that buyers now have a level of expectation for something like that, or a or a just a, a pure want for something like that. And then that snowball just keeps getting bigger and that envelope keeps getting pushed. And, you know, I think we're just in an awesome space for outdoor right now. There's so much exciting stuff. I was doing a, I was doing a similar episode a few weeks ago with, uh, with an amazing architect out of Malibu. And it dawned on me as I was speaking to him that I said, you know, what's really interesting. I, I feel like the, the outdoor space for most people is kind of like the executive summary of their home. Because in your home, you've got bedroom, living room, kitchen, dining room, bathroom, other. Yep. And the outdoors is typically, I'm going to take a little bit of lounge and a little bit of kitchen and a little bit of dining and a little bit of flower. That's right. And a little bit of outdoor shower. And I can actually, in a small footprint, create the almost hotel room-like experience. Yeah. That me really cool design that hits all those different pieces that I want. So it's, it really becomes well almost like the, the index to the, cause it's how they can pick and choose the very best experiences from indoor yep. and bring it together. Yep. So I think it's like, I, I think it's super interesting. And I, and I think you're right. I, I really believe we're still in the infancy of this, of this whole thing. Well, and, 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 to, and to that point of being in the infancy, I think, I think this entire pandemic has really pushed the envelope on outdoor specifically. And I say that because (laughs) social distancing was not in my vocabulary eight months ago. Right. So we've got to stay away from most people and yet we still want to be able to enjoy the outside, but we're, we're home so much more. So you extrapolate all this. It's to say like, well, why don't I make a badass space at my house so that, I can enjoy that. And my one or two quarantine friends that, you know, come over on a regular basis, we can enjoy this little area together. Um, and, and I think that has people thinking about it a lot more now. Well, and to that point, people are thinking about that now in terms of secondary home or country home removed from the city, you know, for most of the last 20 years, houses on my lake. I mean, my, my late father and, and my mom bought our little house in 1980 Wow. I was six years old. And for the last almost 20 years, without exaggeration, you couldn't give away houses. Like it was really hard to sell a country house because people didn't want the expense. A lot of people had moved out of Montreal to the States, Europe, Toronto, things like that. And this summer, people were renting them out and selling them like it went like this. That's so uh, the Catskills sound very similar to uh, that's, the lake and community. that's exactly that's exactly the lead into tell me about yeah. it seems like the timing is almost poetic. It, it, it tell really me, is. tell me about the Stonehouse project and, and going from the build to that and tell yeah, me how this, so, this gem is working on. So so the Stonehouse project. Oh, my goodness. This house. So JC and I kind of been looking on and off for about two years up here in the Catskills. I've been coming up here a decade. Her family's from up this way. And we both love the mountains, love the outdoors. Our dog loves to go hiking the whole nine. Um, And we were just looking for that thing, that intangible that again, coming back to soul, like looking for that. And uh, 
stumbling around on Zillow one day. I thought I had clicked every damn pin that website had to offer. I hit this one and this gorgeous stone farmhouse from the 1960s is just sitting there staring at me. And when I clicked in to the photos, the interior of the house had been half de uh, demolished. Um, so I look at days on market. It's been on the market for two years. I'm like, how have I never seen this? Anyway, we came up and, um, you know, scheduled a real estate agent, walk through the house. And we, I, we knew immediately, uh, we knew immediately. And, um, you know, the, the days on market were such that I could be aggressive in my negotiations. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we fortunately got a really good deal on it. Uh, and more fortunately and unbeknownst to us did this like a month and a half before the pandemic hit. And, um, since then, I mean, you, you can't get the prices have gone up 20% up here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's literally nothing on the market because anytime something comes on market, it is sold in 24 to 48 hours up here. It's pretty crazy. Um, uh, but we are tucked away in a little Valley in between a couple of mountains. We're on 3.9 acres and there's wow. a, a little, uh, 600 square foot barn. That's, um, that's right next to the house that I'm sitting in right now. Beautiful. And believe it or not, actually my contractor starts tomorrow lumber delivery is 7 a.m i got uh, two massive lvls coming um wow. one for uh one to open up from the entry to the kitchen dining and then another for a massive header that is going to be spoiler for the massive door that's going to lead out to a patio because we want to blur those lines very much between the indoors and outdoors so i um I specced in this really cool um, double sliding door from Renewal by Anderson. It's going to want it's uh, it's 16 feet of glass and it'll wind up with wow. an eight foot opening, obviously two fixed panels, two sliding Amazing. panels. Amazing. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I might be doing a, I might be doing a kitchen out there. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll do it. Uh, we've got some design work to do together, but I've got some yeah. initial thoughts. I always know though, with you guys, I don't like to go too far with my design because I am a firm believer that nobody knows their product better than the people who make it. And you guys have such a great design staff there that Thank I'm you. always willing to listen to an idea or a thought. So like I have a basic layout done um, more from a dimensionality standpoint, knowing like mm -hmm. pizza oven's got to fit here. Grill's got to fit here. Sink's got to fit here. Refrigerator drawers. Okay. There's enough countertop space. Let me let, you know, Ryan and Stefan and the team tell me what they've got cracking, if they've got something new. For example, I remember seeing you at KBiz last year and I was like, what's with these integrated LEDs? And you're like, yeah, we just came out with them. I was like, I lost my mind. I, I, yeah. I think I stayed at the booth an extra half an hour. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to dive into the, into the design from um, As are we. this new kitchen. As are we. I think it's going to be a really fun one. And if the... Uh, you know, renderings never do a finished project uh, justice, but if it's anything like the uh, the rendering plan you sent me, I think it's going to be just a really, really special place for oh, you, it, and your, it, it you and your wife. Is. It's going to be awesome. And what, I, and, and what I'm hoping to do is, uh, you know, with the amount of space we have up here, I'd love to do a proper fireside chat next to the fire once this, once this house is done in like the May-June timeframe. 
Well, I'll tell you, nothing would make me happier that May, June, we can travel and I can come down and maybe even be uh, be with you for the inaugural cook. So that would be uh, that would be an awful lot of fun for sure. It, it sure would, man. Yeah, I would yeah. I would love to do that. Let's um, let's keep that uh, out out in the distance a little bit, but but yes. certainly working towards it. I think it would be fun. I think it would also be fun, you know, maybe. We grab a couple of the other guys. I mean, I'm working with Techo Block for the patio, um, sure. PCS appliances uh, for for the grill stuff, um, for the or for the grill, the fridge, and the uh, and the sink. Um, yep. uh, who else is that? Well, Renewal by Anderson, obviously. Hollywood with the furniture, and like, I think it, it would be super fun to maybe do like a round table with everybody and, and see how everybody's products in, in, interact together and. And um, how they all complement each other. I, I think that is an absolute. I think that's a superb idea. I'd love to uh, love to be part of that. I think that'd be great because and, and yeah, that, I guess we'll be yeah. forced to cook, so that'll be all right. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We can fire up the pizza oven and we can. Uh, oh we can yeah, move. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the other one. We'll invite the Gosney folks as well because that their pizza oven is is really really special. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get a whole bunch of folks together in the industry and, and have a proper fireside chat around the fire. Let us hope that is something that can happen, uh, by, uh, you know, by spring. That would be, that would be amazing as a goal. Anthony, always, always a pleasure and, uh, wish you and your fiance continued health and safety and, uh, may this construction go as smoothly as construction. Can. <laughs> I appreciate you putting it that way, man. Uh, same to you and yours. I really appreciate the time. This is super fun. Um, you know, again, you guys just do such an awesome job. I, I, I could not have, I could not be happier that I discovered your products and have, uh, have just, you know, started this great relationship with you guys. Um, so look forward to doing another one of these. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk you soon. Too, brother. Well, I absolutely loved recording that episode with Anthony. He is honest, he is truthful, and he's blunt. And that was just a really, really fun conversation. I think he has an amazing vision for the future of real estate and building and what is really meaningful as it relates to projects and what people really want. I think he is a great person to follow. I encourage you to follow the build.tv and follow his projects, the new Stonehouse project he's working on will be absolutely sick when it's done and i can't wait to see the end result thanks for joining today's episode of the fireside chat please register for our podcast and kindly follow us on youtube we would absolutely love to hear from you question comments suggestions for another episode we want to hear from you so please follow us on linkedin or instagram at urban bonfire and until next time thanks so much for listening